Hey everybody, thanks for joining me today on the How Much Greater Podcast. This is Mark Scott. Today's episode will be a Mark's message. It will be a little bit longer. Before we jump into today's content, I want to remind you to follow us on Twitter at How Much Greater. I also invite you to join our Facebook group and of course subscribe to this podcast on Podbean or find us on iTunes by searching for How Much Greater with Mark Scott. Remember that's Mark with a C M A R C. Okay, thanks for joining me today. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end of the Gospel of John. We are in John chapter 21. The scene is set. It is at the Sea of Tiberias. And I want to tell you, getting into this one, this is one of my favorite chapters in all of Scripture. This is one of the most powerful, profound, and beautiful chapters in all of Scripture because of what we are able to draw out of it with this relationship that we see between Jesus and not only all of his disciples, but especially the Apostle Peter. And Jesus' relationship with Peter throughout the New Testament is actually just something um, that I love to kind of dig into and explore. It really resonates in a lot of ways with me, just his relationship with us as humanity, with each of us um, and me individually as well. So the title of this final episode related to the Gospel of John is, You Know That I Love You. You know that I love you. All right, here we go. So let's get into this this scene that's being set here. We have the disciples that are fishing in a boat. Now remember, Jesus is dead, buried, resurrected. All, All of that has happened, okay? So here we are finishing up this gospel. The disciples are fishing in a boat into the night, and they don't catch anything. And then Jesus is on the shore in verse 4, but they didn't recognize him from a distance. And we have a question, as we have had all throughout the Gospel of John, this idea and the power of questions that are asked, the way they're asked, when they are asked. Um, The timing of the questions is important. The tone of the questions the context of the questions as we've learned throughout this gospel. So that has been a theme that we are taking out of the gospel of John. And here a question is asked in verse 5. Jesus asks them, friends, haven't you any fish? <laughs> hey guys, have you caught nothing? <laughs> that's, that's the translation of that question. Jesus tells them, hey, try fishing on the other side of the boat. Drop your net on the other side of the boat. And suddenly we learn in verse 6, after doing that, they could not even haul in all of the fish. So they have this huge net full of fish. And then someone says, and this is where the story really takes off. Someone says, after recognizing who is on the shore, it is the Lord. And Peter has this intense, immediate reaction. Simon Peter hears, it is the Lord, and he immediately, Scripture says, as soon as, he grabs his garment and jumps into the water. Now, I'm wondering, he jumps into the water, I'm wondering if he he thought he could walk on water again, 
Maybe he thought, this time I'm going to run on water. It seems he wanted to get to Jesus as fast as he could. And so I imagine Peter being haunted by his denials. Now think about this. Depressed about Jesus' death. How would he ever be restored with Jesus? Let's keep in mind what has happened here in the context of the relationship between Peter and Jesus. And remember how he adored Jesus. In Matthew 16, we know that there's this episode where Jesus explains kind of how he's going to build his church. And then after that, you know, he says that he must die. He gives this prophetic word, basically, that it's not going to end well. And and Peter's response is, no, 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 this can't happen. You can't die, Jesus. And Peter tells Jesus, I will follow you anywhere. Peter's the guy that cut off a soldier's ear when they came to arrest Jesus. Peter's the guy who walked on water with Jesus. Peter has had these up and down moments, this um, adventurous roller coaster ride of faith in walking with Jesus. And he jumps into the water immediately because he just can't get to Jesus fast enough. I mean, and so he swims to Jesus. He, he leaves behind the fish. We know that because they come later with the fish. So I believe hope was restored for him in that moment of hearing that his Lord was there. And he just wanted to get to him quickly. After all that had happened, one of Jesus' first steps in restoring the world is to come back for Peter. This is a powerful moment. Don't miss it. So in verse 8, the other disciples follow, and they're bringing up the fish. It says literally that they're towing the net full of fish as they come to the shore. And in verse 9, we have another magical moment here. When they get to the shore, they see Jesus, and he's there with a fire. He's cooking fish, and he has bread. So Jesus is preparing a meal. Now remember the last meal they all had together with Jesus? Remember that um, encounter around the table where he gave new significance to the bread? At that last meal when it was the Passover feast and it's the last supper, Jesus washed their feet. And when Jesus did that, Peter says to him, you're washing my feet? You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus tells him, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And then Peter's the kind of guy who says, well, in that case, wash all of me. My hands, my head, wash my hands and my head too. And and when we go back to that encounter, go back to that episode, John chapter 13, verse 10, Jesus says to Peter, you are clean. You are clean. Physically, spiritually, you are clean. Now remember, not everyone around that table was clean. But it's true of Peter because Jesus declared it to be so. 
He tells him that he's clean before the denials happen. Whether we are clean or not in the sight of God is because of what God says about us and declares for us to be true. And Jesus, back in John 13, gave this new command to love each other. So it's important that we remember this. And so I'm going to go back to those words, John 13, verses 34 through 38. I know we're wrapping up in John 21, but it's important to go back and grab this. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. And Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? I tell you the truth, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Peter says to Jesus, Lord, where are you going? Peter asks Jesus, Lord, why can't I follow you now? Peter says to Jesus, I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus tells Peter he's going to disown him and deny him three different times. And we see that's exactly what happens in John 18. So here we are fast forwarding to John 21. And I'm telling you, this is why I'm imagining in the boat. This is what happens when somebody says it's the Lord on the shore. Peter jumps into the water because no doubt what's been going on is Peter has just been obsessed with this thought, this ringing of the rooster crowing in his ears ever since he denied him has been the sound. The depression of his last moments with Jesus were denying him. The, the, the disillusionment, the frustration, the anxiety, the, the depression, the angst, the torment that's been going on in Peter's mind and Peter's spirit since Jesus died. So let's continue on. John 21, we're in verse 10 now. And this time the disciples add their fish to the meal. Because that's what Jesus does with us. Is he provides and yet allows us to participate. So he provided the fish. But now they get to bring their fish to the meal. And Jesus says in verse 12, so now, remember they were fishing through the night and now it has become morning. And these seem like meaningless words in a way. There's nothing special about them, but these are really special words. Jesus says, come and have breakfast. Why is that so important? Because remember in that, that day, that, that culture, meals were all about fellowship. Having a meal with somebody signified your acceptance and, and your fellowship with them. And they knew it was Jesus at this point. There was no doubt. There was no wondering. The Bible says that in John 21. And Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them. Is this sounding familiar? 
What is going through Peter's mind? Think about this the last time. Ugh. In verse 15, when they finish eating, Jesus turns to Peter. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Jesus turns to Peter and he says, Simon, calls him also Simon, Simon Peter, Simon, son of John. Do you truly love me more than these? So, of course, we're going to wrap up John 21 with this power of questions. And so there's this exchange that goes back and forth in verses 15 through 17. Three different times, Jesus says, asks Peter, do you love me? And Peter says each time, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus says, then take care of my sheep or feed my sheep. Three times this back and forth happens. And you know, I always used to think that you know that I love you. And maybe it is. It's Peter trying to convince Jesus. Like, come on. He's like begging and pleading with him. You know I love you. You know I love you. But maybe in fact, Jesus has come back and restored this relationship, embraced him by having a meal with him, coming into fellowship with him, having this conversation, because the first thing, one of the first things he does to before restoring the world is to come back for Peter. You know that I love you. May have as much as been a, a pleading may have just been a simple declaration, a statement of fact. A statement of fact that Peter was saying not for the benefit of Jesus, but as much for the benefit of himself to hear the words, to know God knows I love him. God knows my heart. And you know, much is made of the Greek words here that are used for love in this passage. I'm not going to get into that too much, but I, I will say I think it's important we have this agape word for the sacrificial love and phileo or filio love for brotherly love. And, and there's an exchange. We just see the word love here in our English translations, which is it's, it's a shame because it's kind of lost on us. You know, we use the word love for everything in our language and in our society we love god and we love cheeseburgers right so we we use that word love in, in different ways but there's actually a difference here in the in the translation but nonetheless regardless of all of that we have this exchange and this is a powerful moment and this is a conversation of appointing someone because what jesus is doing here essentially is he's elevating He's encouraging, he's authorizing, he is calling Peter to his ministry and to his life and to his future. This is more than just restoration, although that in and of itself would be beautiful and powerful. This is more than just forgiveness. It's going beyond that. And then we get to the magnitude, the cost of all of this. In verses 18 and 19, we're almost to the end here. Jesus makes it clear that this mission that Peter is called to, that Peter will be fulfilling, it leads to death. And so Jesus, right up to the last moments in this gospel, stays true to his pattern of telling people, count the cost. 
which is really almost the opposite of our common gospel presentation. We talk to people about everything Jesus is going to do for them, the benefits for us. It's, it's kind of a almost a, a sales pitch in a, in a, in a selfish, self-centered based culture um, in a way. I'm not saying it's all bad, but that's, that is what we tend to do is say, hey, if, if you follow Jesus, you're going to get A, B, and C. Here's all the benefits to you. And Jesus didn't do it that way. Jesus presented the gospel to people by saying, oh, you want to follow me? Follow me. I do want you to follow me, but count the cost. There's a price to pay. My path, my road, it leads to the cross. And so he makes it clear here, emphatically, one last time, to Peter, understand this mission is going to lead to death. And then he said to him, Follow me. And it's like this dramatic moment. You know, you hear the suspenseful music or or the dramatic music playing in the background and it's starting to pick up like people are getting ready for a battle, like a movie scene before a war and they're getting ready and, 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 you're like, oh, this is, you know, they're going in, they're ready to sacrifice and everything. And then record screech here. (laughs) Because this is kind of a humorous way in a way, not humorous, but it's, it's, we can't help but chuckle and laugh at the reality, the human reality of the way that this all ends in the end. Because Peter, (laughs) this is so funny to me. Peter, Jesus just says, Peter, look, you're going to follow me. Here's what's going to happen. Here's your mission. And it's going to lead to your death. Follow me. And then Peter looked at probably John, the, the, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he says, Lord, well, what about him? <laughs> what about him? just couldn't help it. Peter had to have that, uh, that one last moment where he just, just, he could have stayed hyper-focused on the right thing and he just got distracted and compared himself to somebody else and said, what about him? And just needed that one final redirect, that one final correction from God. And Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You know, none yet, right? That's none of your business, Peter. You must follow me. Don't compare yourself to others and their ministry. Don't compare yourselves to others and their comfort level. Don't compare yourselves to others and their their wealth or their poverty or anything in between. Just follow me. Thanks so much for listening to John chapter 21, and all of this Gospel of John. I appreciate it so much, and I hope you have a blessed and wonderful day.